so good to see you. I do want to say that uh, I hope you're having a happy, merry Easter. A very merry, happy Easter. So far this year, 16 times. The first day of the week for the Christian is Resurrection Sunday. Now this is, this marks the actual resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ today. But the early church transitioned from meeting on the Sabbath day to the first day in honor of the risen Lord. And so we do this all the time. So we invite you to come and be a part of it all the time because Jesus is worthy of our praise. Amen? But today we are going to give special tribute to this. And I, I was reading through the stories and uh, just kind of going over it again. And, you know, every year you're like, oh, you know, it's like Christmas and Easter, Christmas and Easter. You know, it's like, what do we, what do we talk about? I don't know. Um, well, we know what we talk about. But I felt like as I was reading the story, something leapt out at me and that I, was, that I read, and I don't think I've ever focused on it before. And so I wanted to do that today. I felt led to do that today, I should say. And I, the title of my message today is Easter's Fear Not. That's the title of the word that I want to bring to you. Easter's Fear Not. And I want to read out of Matthew chapter 28. I want to start with the first 10 verses. And then uh, we'll get into more of that and, and maybe even in some other places. But uh, let's begin. In Matthew chapter 28, beginning at verse 1, it says, Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. Don't you love that imagery? He's like, I'm going to sit on this door. Takes authority over. Verse 3, his countenance was like lightning and his clothing was as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, do not be afraid. For I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen just as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell the disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, Rejoice! So they came and held him by his feet and worshiped him. And then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee and there they will see me. Three times in that passage, we see like a word of encouragement. The very first word that the followers of Jesus heard concerning the resurrection of Jesus was, fear not. The second word that Jesus gave them after he said to them rejoice was don't be afraid. And so today I want to talk about Easter's resurrection days, fear not, amen. And we're going we're gonna to confront 
our fears today. In light of the risen Lord, amen. So Father, thank you for your presence here today. Thank you for your word of truth. Thank you, Jesus, that you are alive and not dead. And that we are alive in you. And I pray, Lord, that every one of us who are raised would rise up in our faith. Those of us who have experienced resurrection power, that we would rise up. And those who have yet to receive that resurrection power, that they would rise up in faith believing and receive what you have for them today. In Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. amen. Now, I'm from Iowa, Indiana. I lived a couple of years in Louisiana. And back where I come from, they call it the Midwest, but really it's the Mideast. It's more Eastern than it is Western. But one of the things, if you're from that area or another area in our nation uh, with like climate, you will know that humidity back in those places can be suffocating. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Um, every day you would get the temperature reading with the humidity index. That was just like, today's temperature is blank and the humidity is whatever. And if it was 90, 95, 100, even 85, you knew you were in for a terrible day. Because when the weather's hot, Water vapor in the air makes it even hotter and suffocating. And when you step outside, you feel like you may have just taken a shower, but when you step outside, you feel like you're in another shower. It's just miserable. It's the worst. I don't know. Humidity is the worst. And now, you know, there's a trade-off here. You dry up and crack and bleed. Can I get an amen out there? I mean, I put so much lotion on, I feel like a girl sometimes. But humidity is just the worst. It's atmospheric. It's in the air. It affects you. It affects what you feel. It affects how you breathe. Fear is like that. Fear is atmospheric. Fear can affect you. The spirit of fear in the times that we live can come in on you and, and begin to choke the life right out of you, so to speak. I read some recent statistics that the... People of our nation right now, 71% do not like the direction of our nation right now. We don't like where we're going. And 62% of those surveyed have a feeling of fear about the direction of our nation. They're afraid that fear has entered into the heart of people in our nation. And they, they broke this down a little bit further. Let me just kind of share some of these things. Here's a breakdown of some of the things that we fear in our nation. 80% of our uh, population, or according to the survey, I should say, fear that our government is corrupt beyond repair. 
There, there is actual fear that our government is so far gone that we are never going to be able to fix it. Whether you're Democrat, whether you're Republican, or whether you're whatever, if you're on no side of the aisle, that's probably an indication that you think it's beyond repair. And in our nation, here's another fear. 59% fear the death of a loved one. That makes a lot of sense. Especially coming through COVID, we fear the death of people that are near to us and dear to us. 57% of those surveyed feared widespread civil unrest. That the things that we're feeling right now in our nation and in our culture is going to get worse. And that it's just going to continue to go on. Uh, those surveyed, 56% of those surveyed feared another coming pandemic, that there's another one going to come. And if there isn't an actual pandemic, that one's going to be made up. 55% fear economic collapse, that financially this nation is going to fall apart economically. 51% fear cyber terrorism that somehow the new war or the new wars that we're going to experience are not necessarily going to be on the battlefield, but they're going to have a lot to do with our cyber networks and the break-in there. There is a cautious kind of fear that I think is good, that we can all identify with, helps us to make good choices. There's a cautious and good kind of fear, but there's also a crippling kind of fear that can consume you with worry. This kind of fear, when, we, when this kind of fear gets into us, it paralyzes decision-making, it immobilizes our action, it robs us of our faith, it hinders our prayer life. When we become, when fear gets into our heart, it really does have a, a kind of humidity kind of effect on you. It just gets on you. And you, and you feel it, and, you, and it, uh, it's, it's a hindrance in your life. Now, obviously, on resurrection morning, all of Jesus' disciples were gripped with a crippling fear. They had a fear that had gotten, con that, 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 that consumed them. They were not only saddened by the fact that Jesus was dead, but they were scared for their own lives. Their whole world had come to a screeching halt, and now that Jesus was gone, their lives were never going to be the same. Their kingdom hopes and dreams had in their mind been dealt a fatal blow. They feared death, they feared hostility, they feared failure, they feared the times in which they were living. So it's not surprising then that on resurrection morning, the first words they hear are, don't be afraid. I know this looks bad. I know this looks confusing. I know things didn't pan out the way that you thought that they would. And maybe things in your mind aren't better off today than they were a few days ago. But you don't have to be afraid because I'm in this, God is saying. I'm in what's going on in the world. I'm in. I'm God over all this stuff. And I want you to know that you don't have to be afraid. Isn't it good to know on this resurrection morning, in light of all of the chaos and the confusion of our society and our world, we don't have to be afraid. 
don't have to have fear gripping our heart. That kind of crippling fear because Jesus is alive and because he lives, I can face today, I can face tomorrow, I can face the day after that and the day after that and the year after that and the crisis after that. Jesus is alive. Fear not. Come on, can I get a good amen out there? And so, embedded in this Easter story, I think are reasons why we don't have to be afraid. In light of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, here are just a few ideas why we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be afraid when we believe Jesus' promises. Listen, there is no, how many of you know that God is not a liar? If God says something, you can believe it. There is no fear if we will trust what the Lord tells us and what the Lord says to us. Remember what the angels said when the women came to the tomb that day. They said, you don't have to be afraid. Do not fear. He is not here. He was crucified, but he is raised from the dead. Listen, as he said he would do. He told you guys that he would be handed over to the authorities. The authorities would... He would give himself over. They would crucify him. He would be buried in a tomb. And three days later, he would rise from the dead. He already told you that this was going to happen. You don't have to be afraid if you really trust and believe what God tells you. The promises that God makes to you. There is no reason for us to be afraid. Jesus told them clearly and apparently... Fear had so gripped their heart that they didn't, even, they didn't remember what Jesus said or they didn't believe it, or both. You know you're stepping into a spirit of fear and you're going to be overcome by fear if you replace the news and the circumstances that you're going through with the promises of God. And when you take away what God says in light of the things that you're going through and you put that on the back burner, then you are going to be overcome by fear. And it's going to cripple you and it's going to choke you and it's going to suffocate you because, because you've, you don't believe or you don't remember what God has told you. And resurrection life today is available to those who believe the promises of Jesus. Fear enters into our heart when we fail to believe what God has said. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 says, For all of the promises of God in him, that is in Jesus, are yes. Everybody say yes. They are yes, and they are amen to the glory of God through us. God wants to bless your life with fulfillment and yes to his promises for you. So that when God gives you a promise in his word, when God speaks a word of promise into your heart, he wants you to know that he's going to bless your life. He wants to bless your life with his promise. And they are yes. And you know what that means? God doesn't say yes to his promise here and no to his promise there. His promise is yes, period. It's always yes. When God gives you a promise, 
You can build your life on it. God doesn't make promises that he won't or that he can't keep. Look at these words. Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. He has said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and he will not make it good? I love that. God is not like you and me. We say one thing and then do another. Amen. We make promises and commitments, and then we don't follow through. And then we think God's like us. But he's not like us. God is not like you and I, that he should say something and not follow it through. Jesus said, I will rise again. I will rise again. I will come to life. Believe my word. And listen, when we get overcome with fear in our heart, it's because we're not believing and trusting in the promises of God in our life. Amen. God doesn't withhold the good for us. That anything that he has that is good for us, he's not going to withhold it. Psalms 84 verse 11 says, For the Lord God is a, a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. Watch. Read this with me. No. <laughs> Sorry, I got stopped. Let's see. <laughs> Let's do it again. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Very good class. It wasn't the class, it was the teacher. Believe what Jesus says and fear begins to evaporate out of your soul. Just trust his word. Trust in all of the promises of God for your life. There is no need, we don't have to be afraid, not only when we believe Jesus' promises, but secondly, when we worship Jesus' presence. There is no fear for those who will worship the Lord. Now, when we read the story, the angel said, don't be afraid, go and tell the disciples that Jesus wants to meet them in Galilee. Remember that? And the Bible tells us that as they were on the way to go tell the disciples that Jesus surprised them with his presence. He showed up as they were on their journey, as they were following the instruction of the angels. Jesus met them there and said, Rejoice! And then they saw him. They went straight for his feet and took hold of his feet. And the Bible said, and they worshiped him. And then Jesus said, don't be afraid. Go and tell my disciples. Jesus suddenly showed up in their presence. How many of you like it when Jesus just suddenly shows up? I want to tell you something. Jesus still just suddenly shows up. Because he's alive. He's a living Lord. He's not dead. And as they were going, he showed up in their presence. And they were full of fear. There was, there, there, there was fear in their heart. But their fear was turned to worship in the presence of Jesus. And one of the reasons why we get afraid 
in our spirit and why fear and the news of the day and the times that we live in affect our spirit and they affect the way we make decisions and they affect the way we serve the Lord and they affect the way we think about people. The reason why this fear comes on us sometimes is we've, we've, we've drawn away from the presence of Jesus in worship. And we've turned from living a life of worship in the presence of God, in a living Lord and Savior. And listen, if we turn away from his presence, what do we have left? We have nothing going for us if we forsake the presence of God in worship. Amen. Is this doing anything for anybody? Happy Easter. To ward off the spirit of fear, we need to be people who love Jesus extravagantly who bow before him the word worship get ready for this this is gonna this is gonna turn some of you off but the word worship literally means to kiss toward now you're like that's that's great with my wife but not with Jesus no it's great with Jesus too Worship is a passionate, extravagant, heartfelt, humble coming to Jesus where you bow at his feet, you surrender your life to him, you love him. And I want to tell you, it's, the, it's one of the greatest ways that we can come against the spirit of fear in our heart is to bow and to humble our life before a living Lord and worship him. And worship isn't just something that you attend on a Sunday or attend on Christmas and Easter or attend here and there. Worship is a life journey. It's not a weekend event. And it's where we bow, we get to the feet of Jesus, and we love him and we honor him for who he is. And I want to tell you, if you put Jesus first in your life like that, fear will not have place in your heart. Amen. A.W. Tozer said, I can safely say on the authority of all that is revealed in the word of God that any man or woman on this earth who is bored and turned off by worship is not ready for heaven. I like that. That's a nice slap in the face. <laughs> if you think, well, I'll wait till I get to heaven to have that kind of an experience, to have that kind of a life, to get extravagant, then you don't, you don't understand what this is all about. Heaven is, heaven is a place that you and I will eventually get to, but what God wants to do is bring heaven to earth here and now in your life, in your walk, and he wants you to experience his freedom and his liberty and his power and his grace. And the place you get that is in the place of worship. Worshiping him. Amen. The benefits of worship are it changes my mindset. When I begin to magnify God, my problems become minimized. When I begin to focus on the goodness of God and the grace of God and the power of God, then everything that I'm feeling and all that worry and that anxiety of my spirit 
that's creeping in on me becomes little, becomes nothing when I make God big in my heart, in my mind, in my thinking. Amen. Worship renews the heart. There's nothing about, there's nothing, uh, I'm sorry, there's something about the posture of praise and worship that restores your heartbeat, gets you back on track with God, where you feel the presence of God, you sense the presence of God. And what it does is it deepens your devotion to the Lord as well. Worship sets us on our way again. Worry hinders our prayer life. Worry limits our faith. But worship says yes to God. Yes to God's will. Yes to God's plan. Just like when they encountered the Lord, Jesus said rejoice, and they worshiped him. And then he said, go and tell my disciples. And they left that place with some fear, but with a whole lot of joy. And it put them back on track. And that's what God wants to do today for every one of us. On this resurrection morning, he wants us to experience freedom from fear. Amen. There's no reason for us to be afraid. Also, number three, when we receive Jesus' power. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is a resurrection power. Amen. There's nothing to fear when we possess the power of Jesus, when we receive his power into our lives. John chapter 20, I want you to look at these words with me. Verse 19, and then verses 21 and 22, it says, then the same day, talking about the day of resurrection, at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled, the for fear of the Jews, there, there they are, they're afraid. Jesus came and stood in the midst of them and said, peace be with you. And then it goes on to say, and Jesus said to them again, peace to you, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. These disciples experienced firsthand the power of Jesus' life. For three and a half years, they walked with Jesus, and they saw a demonstration of the power of God in Jesus by way of the Holy Spirit. So, unbeknownst to them, what looked like a setback in his death was a setup for their dominion in life. They thought when Jesus died, there goes my everything, there goes my reason for living. Engelbert Humperdinck. Remember the song? Google it if you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> they thought, it's over. And Jesus was like, no. These things you saw me do, now you're going to do them. In resurrection life. And you don't have to be afraid because you're going to have the same power I had. They were afraid of the Jews. They were afraid of the culture. They were afraid of the times. They were afraid of what they were facing now without Jesus. But Jesus is like, you're not going to do this alone. And he breathed on them to receive the presence, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, just like he had. 
so that they would have the courage to go out there and face the Goliaths and to face the mountains and to deal with the problems and not to be afraid to be everything that Jesus called them to be. We don't have to let the times and the environment and the climate of the age predict or, or uh, tell us how to be or how to walk in this life. We have the power of God on the inside of us by the Holy Spirit. Come on, can I get a good amen out there? We have his power. Jesus breathed on them to receive the Holy Spirit power. You see, when Jesus was on earth, he was fully God and he was fully man. We call that the hypostatic union, whatever that means. But he was fully God and he was fully man. He was fully God in that he was a perfect sacrifice for your sin and my sin. But he was fully man or he was man enough that he needed the power of the Holy Spirit to empower him to do everything that he did. And so Jesus is saying, the power that I had, now you can have in your life. God has not given us a spirit of fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. The spirit God has given to us today is a spirit of power. Power. Amen. Romans chapter 8, verse 11 says, The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives where? Lives in you. And just as God raised Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. Now, he's not talking about he's going to give life to your mortal bodies when you go to heaven. He's talking about that he's going to give you a powerful life in your mortal bodies now. He's not talking about the immortality of eternity that we're all going to have an experience, but he's talking about in our fleshly, weak, saggy, baggy <laughs> bodies. Power! Now! Amen! I mean, I'm looking forward to an immortal body. I'm overdue. I need an upgrade. But until that day, in my mortality, he's going to give me resurrection power by the Holy Spirit. And I don't have to be afraid because I have the power of the Holy Spirit residing in my life. You have this. We have the power to be and to do everything that Jesus did. Now look at the example of Jesus' powerful life. He possessed power to love unlovable people. He possessed power to deal with a culture that was mean-spirited. 
He possessed power to have compassion on broken and hurting people. He had power to have answers for people in their dilemmas and in their problems. He had the power to set people who are held captive in bondage to demonic oppression or just to to an oppressive culture. He set people free all the time in power by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he preached, he had the power to preach and teach God's word to the point where people were captivated by the things that came out of his mouth. How many of you would love it when, if people would just listen to what you say? Maybe it needs to come under the anointing of the Holy Spirit and not be driven by politics, but by the power of God's word. Jesus had the power to win the lost. He had the power to heal the sick. So it's this same power that he says, I want you to know, you don't have to be afraid. You're going to have the same power that I possess. How many know that Jesus didn't walk around in this life in fear and trembling? He knew who he was, and he knew what he had, and he operated out of that every day of his life, in every situation and in every circumstance. He operated in the power of the Holy Spirit, and then he breathes on us, receive the Holy Spirit. We don't have to be afraid, amen? And then the last thing I want to share with you guys, we don't have to be afraid. Number four, if we will fulfill Jesus' purpose. There is no need for us to be afraid if we will just be about what Jesus was about. If we'll do what Jesus did, we don't have to be afraid. Jesus said in Matthew, going back to Matthew chapter 28, this is the rest of the story there. It says, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, to the mountain, which Jesus had appointed for them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is not just the great commission of the church. This is the great message of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Listen, getting saved, as as Caitlin was sharing earlier today, getting saved is just like walking in the front door. There is so much more to this life. And Jesus wants you to know that. He wants you to be a part of that. He raised you up so that you will rise up in your destiny and in your calling in Him and fulfill His will in the earth. Now, we're not... I don't like using the term little gods. I know some people do that. I don't like that because no matter how great we ever, no matter how great we become, we will never be God. I like that because you don't want me to be God on my bad days. Amen. 
People use that terminology. I don't like it. I don't think it fits. Jesus will always be Lord. He will always be God. I am always, he will always be the creator and I will always be the created. But, don't get it wrong. He left you here to be his hands, his feet, his heart, his life. His power extended into a broken and hurting world. Amen. And we don't have to be afraid because we're here for purpose to be on purpose. We need to live our lives on purpose for the glory of Jesus Christ. Amen. And Jesus said it here. He said, I want you to go into all the world, into all nations. I want you to go forward. This is a resurrection message. God doesn't want to just get you saved. He wants to send you on your way. Because he said, I, I've, got all authority, I've got all power and I've got all authority. And I've, now I'm telling you, I want you to go. I want you to rise up and go. I want you to go out into the world carrying me, my name, my power, my grace. And you don't need to be afraid. You don't need to have fear. You don't let, need to let the, the climate of the culture control you or drive you in any one direction. Just know who you are. Get up and go. Do something with your life. Amen. Was that too hard? Do something with what God has given you. You only have this one life to live. Stop squandering it and wasting it on things that are not important. Now listen, God has given us all things richly to enjoy, so I believe he wants us to take the life that we have and enjoy all of the benefits and all of the pleasures and all of the scenery, but he wants us to live with a purpose. And that doesn't just go for people who get paid to preach. Everybody in this room is getting paid to preach. You just get your check from somewhere else. Amen. Go. Everybody say go. And then he said, make disciples. What am I supposed to do when I go? What's, what's the goal? Where am I supposed to? What do I do? Make disciples people to be followers of Jesus. This is the resurrection message. What does Jesus want us to do? I want you to go out and help me make people to follow me. Amen. And then he says, baptize them. In other words, immerse them. Immerse them into the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Immerse them into the body of Christ. Make them to become a part of the family of God. Not just here and there. Not just Christianity as a point of identity. But the family of God. Amen. This is the resurrection message. And teach them. You know what the word teach? It means the word teach means to train them, train them 
in their Christianity. Resurrection isn't just about us. It's about all of us. It's not just about me. It's about we. It's not just about me experiencing my own liberation. It's about me helping other people find theirs and come to Jesus. Amen? Amen. Well, that's it. That's all I have. Paul, I'm reminded in moments like this, Paul said, when I am weak, that's when he's strong. I have to hold on to that promise because if I don't, I'll quit my job. <laughs> Amen. How many of you are glad that you're alive today and not dead? You don't have to be afraid. I think the spirit of fear is suffocating the life of Jesus out of too many of us. And Jesus wants us to rise up and breathe. Amen. And make a difference. Could you stand with me? Let's just pause for just a moment. Maybe you could bow your head and close your eyes and let's just just take a moment and just breathe in. Just kind of breathe in the spirit of life here right now in Jesus' name. Just like Jesus breathed on those disciples on that on the evening of the first resurrection day to receive the Holy Spirit. Lord, would you breathe on us right now to receive a fresh infilling of your presence, breathing new life into us. Lord, we want to say no to fear. We don't want to give fear place in our soul and in our heart. We want to walk Free from that right now in Jesus' name. And as you're standing in the presence of the Lord, is there anyone here today where you might say that I don't, I am not presently walking with the Lord, but I want to give my heart to Him. I want Jesus to come into my life. Is there anyone in the room that would be honest enough to just by the raising of your hand, just say, Tim, would you pray with me? Would you pray for me? I want to give my life to Jesus today. Is there anybody? Just raise your hand. Just thank you for that hand. Is there someone else? Thank you for your hand. Those of you who raised your hand, could you raise it one more time and just keep it up? I want to make sure I didn't miss Thank you. Those of you who raised your hand, would you just look at me for just a moment? I saw you raise your hand, but better than I saw you, Jesus sees you. And he loves you. And if you will just cry out to the Lord, he says in his word, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
And once you're saved, he's got you in his hand. So just receive him right now. Would you, just everybody, and you two that raised your hand, would you just repeat these words after me? And everybody repeat this. Father, thank you for loving me. Sending your son to die for me. To forgive me of my sins. I give my life to you. I will trust you with all my heart. I will walk with you all of my life. Come into my heart. I give you my heart. In Jesus' name. Amen.